Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. If you are not doing anything particular behind, then come forward. So you leave those who are less busy, those who are busy out there behind them. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father, we are grateful to you for giving us another opportunity. Every time we come into your presence, we count it great opportunity because you have granted us another grace. And so we will not take this privilege and opportunity for granted. We bless you and we worship you for such a wonderful time. And we ask that, Lord, you will bless us. You will minister unto our needs. You open our eyes to see, our understanding to perceive. Let the entrance of your word bring understanding and light to us. We give you praise, Lord. We pray for the brethren who are here to join this teaching service. We ask that their steps shall be ordered. You will lead them by your spirit and bring them into your presence. That together we will steady at the feet of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Last week, we looked at the vows, the essence of vows, the essence and the consequences that unfulfilled vows may bring to us. But today, I will be talking to you on the mind, the subject, the governing of the mind, the governing the law that governs the mind. The law that governs the mind. In other words, the law of the mind. The mind operates by laws. Amen. Are you here with me? Please, let's minimize the distractions. Turn your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 7, verse 23. Romans 7, 23. The Bible says, and this is the Apostle Paul speaking of his challenges. He said, but I see another law in my members. I see another law in my members. Warring against the law of my mind. Warring against the law of my mind. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. So, Apostle Paul was talking about another law that is the warring against the law of his mind. So, your mind is governed by laws. And it is very important for you to have this understanding so you can live a victorious life. Now, from what we just saw, Apostle Paul was trying to say when the law of the mind is defeated, then you will be brought into captivity to the law of sin. When the external law defeats the law of the mind, overpowers you in your mind, 
then the next thing is that you'll be brought into captivity. So it is very important for you to know how important this law operates. And that is the reason why tonight I will be talking to you on the law of the mind. You are the embodiment of your thought. You are the embodiment of your thought. In fact, you are not different from what you are thinking. You cannot be different from your thinking pattern. It is your thought that forms you. You cannot be thinking wrong and live right. And you cannot be thinking right and live wrong. Now the Bible says that they that walk in the flesh mind the things of the flesh. The reason why they walk in the flesh is because of what they are thinking. So it also means that they that walk in the spirit mind the things of the spirit. So what you think affects your life. What you think, how you think affects your life. For they that walk in the flesh mind the things of the flesh. And they that walk in the spirit. So do you, walk, do you want to walk in the spirit? Walking in the spirit does not come because you fast for a long time. That is good. When you fast for, you fast for, it's good. You subdue the flesh, that's good. But walking in the spirit, it's made easier, it's made easier when you mind the things of the spirit. So you cannot be thinking about the flesh and live in the spirit. And you cannot be thinking in the spirit of the spirit and be walking in the flesh. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. What you think is what you are. How you think is how you live. You are the embodiment of your thoughts and imaginations. Praise the name of the Lord. You cannot rise above your imaginations. You cannot rise above your imaginations. So you cannot think mediocre and live victorious. Thought of mediocre produces mediocres. When you think of mediocre, you cannot become a champion. What you think is what you are. Proverbs and I want us to turn our Bible, chapter 22, verse 7. The book of Proverbs, I want us to look at it, verse 20, 23, 7. Look at it for me. 23, 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You see now? As he thinks in his heart, so is is he. So you are not different from what you are thinking. That's the reason why you need to be responsible of your thoughts. You need to be in charge. Because if you allow your thought to go wide, it will drag you into the gutter. Hello? As you think, that is the law of the mind. As you think, so you are. 
You can be down now. Things may be difficult now. But if you refuse to think defeat, very soon you rise. That's how the law operates. Apostle Paul said and a, there was an external law that, is, that fought against the law of my mind and because it defeated me, it brought me to captivity. Once you are defeated in your mind, you will be, in, you will be a captive. The mind is the citadel at the center of the battle. And anybody that captures that citadel captures the life. That is where the devil fights. The battlefield, spiritual warfare is fought in the realms of imaginations and thoughts. If Satan defeats you in your mind, he has defeated you in your life. I hope you understand that. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. You cannot build your life on facts. Most often, the things that the devil brings into your mind may be facts. But facts are not truth. And you can't build your life on facts. Facts are weak foundations. The fact that something is fa a fact doesn't make it a, the truth. It's a fact that there's no money in your pocket. But it's not true that you are a poor person. It's a fact that you don't have a place to sleep. But it's not true that you are destitute. It's just a matter of time. So, facts are not solid enough for us to build our life on. Those who build their life on facts, they will be grounded, they will crash, because facts have not, they don't have internal strength. They will crumble with time, diminish with time. So as a child of God, you want to build your life, you want to have a sustained life, then instead of building your life on facts, build it on truth. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Amen. What is a fat? Over and over again, I have tried to explain what fats are. Fats are accumulations of informations based on human research. So somebody comes out to tell you, according to my studies, this is what I have discovered. Now, you want to rule your life by what somebody has discovered? We have seen a lot of scientists who are changing their mind and changing their theor uh, theory. They keep changing their philosophies and theory every now and then. That is to tell you that facts are not certain. And if they are not certain, then you can't build your life on them. Hello? Am I speaking to somebody here? What is the truth? In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said to the disciples, I am the way, 
the truth and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, Jesus is saying, are you looking for the truth? I am the truth. In other words, everything about me is the truth. What I say, how I live, what I do is the truth. So the truth is a person. One day, in John chapter 18, um, verse 38, Jesus was standing in front of Pilate. And Pilate asked him, what is the truth? He, he, say, he said to him, I came to bear the truth. He said, Pilate said unto him, what is the truth? But let's go to verse 37. Verse 37 said, and Jesus, Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Are you a king then? And Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. I'm not the one who said it. You said I'm, I'm a king. For this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world. That I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And then Pilate asks one of the most important questions in life. He said, and Pilate said to him, what is the truth? Because many people doesn't know what the truth is, they have settled on the facts. As a child of God, you can't build your life on the fact. The fact that corona is killing people, that's a fact. The truth is that you are protected. There's a hedge around you. That's the truth. And you have a choice to determine whose report you will believe. You believe the report of the scientists or you believe the report of the Lord. Now, in Isaiah chapter 53, we will revisit this scripture again about the truth. But Isaiah 53 verse 1, the prophet exclaimed and said, who has believed our report? So, he is now talking about two types of reports. For somebody to say our report, it means there are other reports. There's a difference between our report and their report. So, there are two kinds of reports. One report is based on fact, and the other report is based on truth. But then, their report is the report that based on facts. But our report is a report based on truth. Now, who has believed our report? Then he said, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? So, those who believe our report will experience the arm of the Lord. The arm of the Lord is a power of God. The arm of the Lord is the divine intervention. The arm of the Lord is the miracle of God. When you believe the truth, which is our report, then the arm of the Lord is activated. The arm of the Lord is only revealed to people who believe the truth and not those who walk on facts. So when Pilate asks in John chapter 18, verse 38, what is the truth? What is the truth? Then Pilate said, what is the truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. He couldn't even wait for the answer. The truth was standing in front of him, and yet he was asking, what is the truth? 
That tells you how blind he was. So blind that he couldn't see the truth. As a person, what is the truth? He should even ask who is the truth. But then he went out to tell the people, look, there's no darkness in this man. In other words, maybe he found the truth. He had a revelation. No error in him at all. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, then let me show you something. Romans chapter 4 verse 19. Fats. How do we deal with the fats? Do we throw the fat away? No. We don't throw fats out. Because fats are pointers. They tell us something. They point to something. Fats are not false. Only that they are not the truth. They are accumulation of information. The outcome of human research is what we call facts. So we don't throw facts out. But how do we deal with the fact? Now Romans chapter 4 verse 19 and the Bible says, and not being weak in the faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Uh-huh. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Now, so what was the fact? The fact was that Abraham's body was dead. That was the fact. The fact was that Sarah's womb also was dead. That's the fact. What is the fact about you? The fact is that in your, in your house, in your family, nobody gives birth. That's the fact. The fact is that in your family, nobody marries. That's the fact. The fact is that nobody has ever built in your house, in your family. Maybe the fact is that nobody has ever traveled. But that's not the truth. Do you know what the truth is? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. It means what is ever is happening in your family cannot affect you. That is the truth. The truth is that you are exempted from the plague of your family. That is the truth. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. So the old bondage that is taking place in your father's house has no bearing on your life. That is the truth. But the question is, who has believed our report? Which report will you believe? And whose report will you believe? The report of your family that is saying that nobody marries here or the report of God that tells you you are exempted because you are a new Christian. Praise the name of the Lord. Am I, am I speaking to you? Amen. Amen. Praise God. When you believe and act on the truth, which is the rima, 
you experience God's power with the Bible called the arm of the Lord. When you believe and you act on the truth, which is a rima. Unfortunately, most Christians act on facts. And then they crash. <laughs> because facts do not have internal foundations. So if you build on facts, it is just a matter of time. It cannot stand the test of time. Facts may crumble with time. It is only true that have eternal foundations. That is the reason why you build your life on truth instead of building it on facts. Do you understand? As, is this teaching too hard for you? Is it above you? I'm teaching you principles by which you can live. So you don't judge yourself by your present condition. Knowing that the present condition is not the truth, it's just the fact. And fact fades with time. If you insist on the truth, very soon fact will fade. Amen. Those who work on faith or work in faith, eventually they will, they will, if we, we choose to work in faith, eventually. That fat that is staring at you will fade off. Faith fades fat. Faith fades fat. If you walk in faith, fats around you will fade off. And that's why you become a wonder. People look at you and say, ah, but the fact is that they don't travel in their house. How come? It's because you choose to walk in faith. So that faith has faded off. That, sorry, that fact has faded off because of your faith. You say, nobody makes it in this family. I say, well, that is a fact. But it is not the, it is not the truth. What is the truth? Jesus said, that is the truth. It is written. That is the truth. God told me. That is the truth. God showed me. That is the truth. Not what I am seeing. So Abraham saw something and he said, yes, I am not, what I am seeing is not a lie, but it is not the truth. It is not a lie, but not the truth. I don't know how you want to call it. Something is not a lie, but it is not the truth. There is only one truth. Let God alone be the truth. And let every man be a liar. Do you want to prevent this life? Build on the truth. Seek for the truth. Build on it. Sometimes when you choose to operate by the truth, because you look odd, people will look at you somehow. And maybe they may call you names and they may even mock you. But at the end, truth will prevail over facts. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to know that God is committed to your thoughts. 
Just as, just as God is committed to your words, he is also committed to your thoughts. In the spirit, thoughts are loud. Your brother sitting by you cannot hear your thoughts. But God hears your thoughts because God is a spirit. And thoughts are spirits. So you cannot say that what I'm thinking, I'm the only one. Don't worry. I'm the only one manifesting what I'm thinking. I'm the only one hearing what I'm thinking. No. Praise the name of the Lord. Your thought is loud in the spirit. And that's the reason why you must, if you have this understanding, you will have to put your thought into check. Because there are certain things that you won't want anybody to see. So if you are aware that God is hearing my thoughts, then you'll be very careful of what you're thinking. Some of you, your thoughts, you can go wild on a thought. Just sleep and think negative for the whole day and feel good. But you see, wrong thoughts open up certain gates in the spirit realm into your life and invite demons to possess you. Demons cannot possess you, but demons can afflict you. Amen. So, they can afflict you, but they cannot possess you. A demon cannot possess a believer because his spirit is already occupied by the Holy Ghost. So, there's no <laughs> vacancy in his spirit for a demon to possess. But they can demonize them or afflict them. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, let's look at something from, verse, from Hebrews chapter 6, from verse 17. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17. What should be the basis of my faith in the truth? What should be the basis of my faith in the truth? Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17. Thou God determined to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. Now the word immutability is just a big word. All that it means is unchangeable. Unchangeability. Unchangeability. Immutable means it cannot be changed. The promises of God cannot be changed because it is backed by oath. That's the reason why you can jump on it. You can depend on it. You can trust. That's why truth doesn't fail. You can build your life on the promise of God because every promise of God is backed by oath. And look at verse 18. Now, oath settles matters. When you are struggling with people, okay, and uh, one person say, I swear, immediately put an end to the argument <laughs> because you believe that he has brought in a deity. Now, the Bible says that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, the reason why we can build on the truth, which is the word of God, 
is that it's impossible for God to lie. We might have strong consolation who had fled for a refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. So we can build our life on the truth because we know that it is impossible for God to lie. God does not lie. And if God does not lie, then the truth, then the truth is certain. It's sure. The promise of God is sure. Thank God for facts. They tell us of the prevailing conditions. They point us to the present conditions or situations. But they are not the truth. That's how Abraham dealt with it. Abraham saw that, look, well, after some scan, they discovered that Sarah's womb is dead. Mm, okay, he's dead. That's what the scan proved. That is the evidence. And then he too, he doesn't need anybody to tell him his body is dead. If you have your body and it's not working, you should know. If you know your body is dead. Then he said, that's fat. But then there's something that is more powerful than that. These facts, God has promised me. His promises, number one, are unchangeable, immutable. Number two, the promises of God are backed by oaths. Because of these, I have canceled the facts. I will believe. I accept the fact, but I believe the truth. What do we do to the fact? We accept the fact, but we believe the truth. We don't believe the fact, but we accept the fact, but believe the truth. And that's what Abraham did. Abraham accepted the fact, but he believed the truth. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Good. Now, let's come back to the human mind. The human mind plays a very important role in the life of every individual. You know why? Your mind sets, serves as a controlling factor. There are three controlling factors in any life. What you say can control your life and destiny. What you say with your mouth has the ability to control your life. So the tongue is very powerful. Then also what you think, your thoughts also is a steering wheel. A controlling factor. It can control you. What you think. So, if you keep saying negative things, eventually negative things will happen to you. And if you keep thinking negative, negative things will manifest in your life. What you think is what you become. I'm going to die. I will die. I will die. One day you will die. And you yourself, you will not be shocked. You will die beautifully. If that is what you are thinking, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, you cannot be well. If that's what you are thinking, I'm a failure, I'm a failure. The 
The fact that you fail one exam doesn't make you a failure. You know what I'm talking about? It's a fact that you fail an exam, but you are not a failure. So what you think affects your life? And the one that controls your mind controls the life. Are you in charge of your mind? Or the devil is in charge of your mind? Amen. So, it is very important for you to know how to deal with your thoughts. Now, what you are thinking today, you will be tomorrow. And what will be tomorrow depends on what you are thinking now. What you are thinking today, you will become tomorrow. And what you will become tomorrow depends on what you are thinking now. So your thought gradually is forming your future. That's why visionaries or visioneer lives in the future. Visioneers don't live in the present. So whatever is happening around them, they don't care about what is happening now. As they walk about, they are looking at tomorrow. They can see themselves tom in tomorrow. That's why they, are not, they don't care why someone is accusing them of the one dress, one shoe. They, their mind is not even there. They don't even know. They've forgotten that they don't even have a dress and they don't have a shoe. Because what they are thinking about is not today. They are so much lost in tomorrow that they, can, they are unconscious of today. Visioners, they are so much lost in tomorrow to the extent that they have become unconscious of today. <clears throat> Some of you want to kill yourself because of what is happening today. What was the promise God gave us? My thoughts are not... He said, what? I, have, I know the thought I think concerning you. They, are, they said, they are, what? Not of evil, but of good. To give you an expected today. Eh? Expected today. Expected what? Expected beginning. So why are you worrying about your beginning? God has not promised us an expected beginning. So I don't worry about my beginnings. What he promised me is an expected end. So the Bible tells us that though your beginnings may be small, don't worry. Your letter end. Because all the promise of God is about your end, not your beginnings. So why are you worrying about your beginnings? Some people want to kill, kill themselves. They want to drink poisons. They want to do that. Look, a miracle can happen and turn your story around in, in, the, in the moment. In the moment, your beginnings, it will forget. It will push your beginnings at, at the background. Something can happen to you that you will forget about your beginning. So what God promised me is my beginning. It's my end, expected end, 
not an expected beginning. So I'm not worried about beginnings. Beginnings and begin, small beginnings is God's principle. It's divine principle. Anything that started big is artificial. Can you imagine? You came from home only to find out there's a mango tree here with fruits. You were here on Sunday. Nobody planted anything here. You didn't see any mango tree. Then you came to church. One, uh, somebody has removed one of the tiles and then he has planted a mango tree that has become so big with fruit on it. How do you explain that? Simple. Counterfeit. Fake. Do you know that with cartoons, everything is possible? Hello. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> everything is possible with cartoons. Everything is possible. With cartoons, you can even have a car talking. You can send a car to go to market and buy you food, food stops. I don't know if you have watched that cartoon before. It's only cartoon. They are not real. If you want a real thing, a real thing must have a small beginning. Everything that has life starts small. It begins like a seed. And when it is planted, it goes through the process of growth. That's why when you meet somebody today, tomorrow he has become a rich man, you might be afraid of him. Because if you cannot tell from where he's coming from, how he got here, there is something fishy about his prosperity. You don't convert such people. A seed must be planted and must go through processes of death before a new life is born. And then those life is nurtured until you get to the place of fruitfulness. And that is the principle of growth. So, why are you worried about today? Those who are visionaries, they don't live in today, they live in tomorrow. They live in the future. Visionaries live in the future. You are not worried about what is happening. You can yeah, people are so worried about someone saying, You ask for you, you wear one dress, ask for you, you wear one dress, and they are so worried. Oh, some people even want to kill themselves because somebody accused them that they only have one dress. Visionless people. I'm so lost about the, to, about, about, uh, about the future to the extent that I cannot hear what you are saying about my today. My future is what I'm looking at. I'm living my future. So I can dance now. No food, I can dance now. No, no shoe, I can praise God. Because I know the future is great. And I think positively in my mind. I am in charge of what I'm thinking because I do not base my life on facts. I base it on truth, which is the promise of God and which is the rima of God. Now, how do I manifest the truth and take control over my thoughts? Romans chapter 12, verse 2. 
Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Now look at this scripture. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Amen. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, what does that mean? Number one, transformation begins when the mind is renewed. Transformation begins when the mind is renewed. You cannot be transformed until your mind is first renewed. You cannot be thinking the old thoughts of negativity, of carnality, of flesh, and see a positive transformation in your life. The renewal of your mind is the beginning of your transformation. Oh God. Are you understanding what I'm teaching you? Do you want your life to be changed? It changes in the mind. When you become one again, your hand did not change, your face, did, your nose did not change. The size of your ear is the same. What changes must happen in your mind? And when your mind changes, your life changes. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. It is a transformation of, it is a renewal of your mind that brings about your transformation, your change. Are you understanding that? You see how important the mind is? The law that governs the mind is so important that you, need, you don't need to take it for granted if you want to be great. Then the second thing that is said here, now how do I transform? What is the process of this transformation? The transformation begins to happen when you begin to die. To sin. When you begin to die to sin. When you begin to make progress in sanctification. And begin to live righteous. Now remember, nobody can live righteous by himself. But then, do you know, God is not telling you to work out your own righteousness. It could have been very difficult. But then when you study the scriptures carefully, more importantly, especially um, Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, I want us to look at something, chapter 4, verse 24. Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 24. Look at what the Bible said. He said, and that you put on the new man. You see now? So, now when somebody tells you put on, it means it's the new man has already been created. Your duty and my duty is to do what? Put it on. What is the new man? The new life. The new living. 
The Lord created it for us. The new man was already created. So the child of, the child of God must, live, must learn to put it on. And how does this begin? It begins from the mind. The places that I used to go, I go them no more. Oh, what a great change. Is that not how they sing that song? The things that I used to do, I do them no more. It all starts from the mind. Great change since I met God. It begins with the mind. Nothing changes about you until your mind changes. Nothing changes about you until your mind changes. The second thing that brings about the change, apart from the renewal of the mind, is non-conformity. When you go back to the scripture in the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he said, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. He said, first of, before he said that, he said what? Do not be what? Conform to this world. Non-conformity is the beginning of the process of the renewed personality or transformed personality. Now, do not be conformed. When your mind is renewed, you will not be conformed. Conformation means taking the pattern, taking after the pattern. Hello? Are you, are you listening to me? Now, what does it mean to be conformed? To be conformed means take after the pattern. Those of you who have been in this school for some time, I explained this some time ago. How many of you know those who mold blocks? Okay. You've heard their machine crying. You've witnessed the process. What do they do? They have a mold. Whether those who use it by machine or by manpower, they all have a mold. Without a mold, you, can, you cannot be a block maker, a manufacturer. So it begins with a mold. Now what do they do? They mix the cement with the sand outside the mold. Now the cement and the sand has no form. It is the mold that has, form, that has a form. So when they collect the mold, the, the sand and the cement, and they put it in the mold, what do they do? They press it. They put pressure on the sand and the cement. After some time, the sand and the cement conforms to the mold of the manufacturer. That's what we call conform conformity. Then we say the sun and the cement has now taken up the, the, the mold or the, has now conformed to the mold. Now the Bible says do not be conformed. You have a, a friend who is a bad guy. He smokes, he chases women, and he's your friend. You are a believer. The next time 
you have also started developing appetite for smoking. Then, at the corner over there, you begin to try it. Do you know what is happening? You are conforming. You are taking apart after his pattern. So, there's no way you can be transformed into the image of Christ. So, the first step to be transformed into the image of Christ is to be non-conformed. To say, no! I don't do this. I don't fancy this. It means if the world wear their cap this way, you wear it that way. Hello? Do you know what it means now? Do not be conformed so you can be transformed. Those who refuse to conform, they will surely be transformed. That's how you are changed. There are so many people who are Christians, their life never changes because they have taken the pattern of the world. Hello? Somebody visit you in the house. Let him smell Christ. Let the aroma of Christ be smell in your environment. Somebody sit in your car. Let it smell the aroma of Christ. You know what Festus told Paul? He said, you always converted me. You always made me, you almost made me a Christian. Paul was so much dangerous that when you get closer to him, you become a Christian. The king confessed. He said, you almost make me a Christian. He said, you are crazy. He said, I'm not crazy. Except this chain in my hands. I wish that you are like me. Except the chains in my hands. You must be so contagious. More than coronavirus. That when somebody gets closer to you, he must catch the virus. The virus of Christ. A true child of God must be so contagious. You are always in the spirit. Praying tongues. You are in the word. Fishing out of rumor. You are in the presence of God. Anointed all over you. Somebody get closer to you. He must feel the anointing. And then, you are not the one to tell them you have changed. They look at you. Then it means that now you have transformed. But if you keep taking their form, conforming to their mood, there's no way you can be transformed. So be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind 
that you may prove. Because until that happens, you cannot know what is good and acceptable will of God. It is only in the state of transformation where you can determine the will of God for your life. It is only when you are transformed, then you can determine God's purpose for your existence. If you keep conforming, you may live a wasted life. God's will becomes so pure and clear to you when you are transformed. It's so clear. You know where you are going. So you don't care about mockers. You know where you are going. When I decided to come on full time, people mocked me. Say, can you how, how will you be able to take care of your children when you give birth? I was not married. I was a, a young man. And I was going to leave my job and come on full time. And people who claimed they care so much about me, they came to advise me to resent my decision. But I was on fire. I know what I've heard. I know what I've seen. I was so much on fire. They cannot understand. More so when I said the Lord has sent me into Amanfro. My senior brother came and he said, my, my cousin, he said, what? Do you know the place called Amanfro? There's nothing good there. I live there. I said, thank you, sir, for your advice. And I came anyway. So Amanfro. Now when they see me, they bow down their heads. When you are transformed because you refuse to conform, you will then be able to find out the will of God for your life. That is when you find out the will of God for your life. When you keep compromising, you will not be able to determine God's will and you will live a wasted life. It is only when you are set apart. Then the will of God becomes pure. You will discern it. You'll be able to prove it. The acceptable will of God can only be proven by those who are what? Who are transformed because their mind is renewed. And they are transformed because they refuse to conform. Amen. If you're here with me, wave your hands, let me see. Say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord Jesus. You need to be in control of your mind. To be in control in your, of your mind, you must go into warfare. <laughs> the mind will not think by itself what you wish it to think. The mind will think what you want him to think. So you must be in charge. And that is war. Now in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, that is going to be our final scripture. Verse 5. You need to be in control of your own mind. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself. Give me King James Version. King James Version. Casting down imaginations. Imaginations. Now, the word imaginations came out of the word images. So, anytime you talk of imaginations, you are, talk, it, you are talking about images 
what kind of images are in your mind? Cast them down. If they are not in conformity with the word of God, if they exalt itself, they, themselves about the, above, above the knowledge, against the knowledge of God, and is trying to bring you into captivity, then you must be able to cast it down and bring it into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So number one, cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into, and bring into captivity every thought. So imaginations and thought to the obedience of Christ. You want to be transformed? Cast down imaginations and cast down evil thoughts. Don't allow your thought to go wild. Some time ago, I made an analogy here, and I told you, this is a common thing I've been saying every day. The birds, you remember that analogy? You cannot stop the birds from flying over your head. But you can stop them from making their nest in your head. You cannot stop evil thoughts from once in a while pass through your mind. Even the most holiest man has evil thoughts passing through his mind. But for you to sit down and take chaya and lazy chaya and relax and be feeding on evil thoughts, it is like allowing the birds to make their nest in your head. You are more crazy than the craziest man. When you meet a man who has a bird nest in his head, you look at him with wonder. You'll be confused. You may, you may, you may, you may try to look for adjectives to describe him. Crazy may not be enough. Carry a whole bird nest with birds flying and coming and then playing and settling down and some even have their cheeks. You look at it and you say, what kind of man is this? And some of us spiritually, that's how you are. When God look at you, you are crazy. With filthy thoughts. You carry filthy thoughts all over. 24 hours. 24-7. No space for Christ. Do you want your life to be changed? Let the words of Christ dwell richly in you. It is easy to feed on God's word when you have it inside. So Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. Let the words of Christ dwell richly in you. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. The words of Christ. What is the words of Christ? The word of God. Because every scripture proceeds out of God, out of Christ. He is the word who became flesh. When God's word dwells in you, you have enough to feed on. It is only when you are empty that you begin to think about the cinema, the concert, party, what you watch on the TV, Facebook. Because there's nothing inside you. What is inside you is what you feed on. So if you spend five hours on Facebook or social media, can you imagine how, how much you feed your spirit with junks? 
junk food. Spiritually, you are starving your spirit. Do you know there's any kind of food you eat them continuously, you will die. The same way your spirit, when you feed them with certain things continuously, it dies. So, thank God for social media, but they are, so everything in social media is not good. It's, sorry, they are, it's not everything that is good. Some people may send powerful scriptures, powerful prophecies, powerful testimonies, the visions they saw. Good. But no matter what it is, they, they cannot compare that standard to the word of God. So, feed your spirit with the words of Christ. Let it dwell richly in you. Put your hands together for the Lord Jesus. Our time is fast spent. I want to draw the curtains here. Praise God. Amen. Amen. I want to give opportunity to one or two people. You have a question. Yes. So if you have a question, one, two, three people. We have just some few minutes. So let's listen to his questions. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, Daddy, please, I want uh, clarification about this. Uh, when you were teaching, we read about uh, Romans 12 2, that talks about the transformation. And in the Bible, Paul also said, I'll be like them so I can win some of them. And also, someone. Uh, when you read down what it says, blessed is the man that sits not in the council of the scornful. So with this, um, a little bit. Uh, okay, the scripture you are quoting is Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Uh, let's look at Romans chapter 1, 16 to let's quote that scripture. And let's see the context from which Apostle Paul talked about when he went to the room. Is it not? Or is that what you're talking about? Yes. He became like a Roman. Yes. So okay. Win them. Okay. And so. And uh, Sam is also saying, blessed is the man that sits not in the council of the ungodly. Okay. So, so, so how, yes, finish your question. So, if, if you are not to sit in the council of the ungodly, mm -hmm. then how do you become like them so you can win them? Okay, Amen. great. If you cannot sit in the midst of the council, uh, ungodly, how do you become like them? Of course, if you want to when, if you want to catch a fish, you don't sit in the house. You go to the riverside. Is that what you are talking about? But when you go to the riverside, you become a fish. You become a fish to attract the fish. Hello? You don't become a fish. But you come home with fish. But you don't become a fish. Now, look at what Apostle Paul said. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the spirit of God on salvation to them that believe, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Continue. Move it for me. For therein is the righteousness of Christ revealed. I think uh, Corinthians, rather, I'm coming. I think Corinthians yeah? yes. 9. Yeah, okay, okay, that's it. Corinthians 9. Let's look uh, at verse 19. Read that one, let's see. Corinthians 9. He said, I have made, made all nine. things to all men that I might by all means save some. That is what I, so, he said, 
For though I be free, you see, for though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain them all. Now continue. I'm going to show you something. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. But look at verse 21. To them that are without the law, as, as without law, being not without law of Christ. You see? Now, this, now give me the amplified version so that it will be clear, this particular uh, version for you. So, so it will be clear for you. He said, the amplified. Give an amplified version quickly. He said, to those without, those without, that means outside, or without law, I became as one without law, not that I am without the law of God, and lawless towards him. So, I am going to win those who are lawless, but I don't become lawless. You see now, I'm going to win a weed smoker. I don't become a weed smoker. If you don't go to them, how do you win them? But then the Bible, what the Bible front at is intimacy. Don't be on equal yoke with unbelievers. Making an unbeliever your best friend, your boyfriend, your fiancé. That's what the Bible front at. But if you don't go to them, how do you win them? But Apostle Paul said, because I want to win them, I made myself all things to all men, so that I must by all means win them. But he said, I am not going to do this at, by, uh, uh, what? by neglecting the law of God. I am not going to be lawless just because I want to win the lawless. I will keep God's law. So you see, so your duty is, you, you are just on a mission to win the souls, not to commit yourself to what they are doing wrong. You understand that? So, when sitting with this comfort, that the Bible talk about in Psalm 1, it's not talking about you winning them, but it said the counsel, blessed is the one who, who does not do what? The counsel of the ungodly. You don't sit in the counsel of the ungodly. You don't become friends with them. But if you have a an agenda to go and bring them to Christ. That's an agenda. That doesn't make you a friend to them. Is that okay? If not so, we could not, because you can't sit in the house for fishes to come to you. If you want a fresh fish, you go to where the river is to catch them. Is that okay? Remember what I told you, you cannot become a fish to catch a fish. Okay, God bless you richly. Yes, let's take another question. Okay. Uh, Pastor Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, this teaching is difficult. Difficult. But I hope you've understood it. Small, small. <laughs> okay. Okay, now let me, uh, uh, your, uh, your challenges. Matters pertaining to the mind. It seems like the mind is so vulnerable. Because looking at the first scripture that we read in the book of uh, 
Romans 7, 7 verse 23. Mm. Looking at, he said, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. Yes. That so issues about the mind is warfare. Yeah, that means there are some external forces that try to war. So I was thinking about it, but once you quote Romans chapter 12 verse 2 about the renewal of mind uh, and then the casting down. And the casting down. I'm beginning to get some understanding there. So it's warfare. You can't sit down to win. You must fight. You must tell your mind what you want it to think. But then, uh, uh, Father, please, is there any scripture or did God make any provision for man to guide the mind? And because. Uh, yes, God, turn your Bibles to. I want to show you something in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Father, please, I want to complete. Okay, finish it. Yes. There was a, a scripture. I, I tried to get it, but I couldn't get it, but I want to quote it. Okay. Uh, Apostle Paul was, was saying that once I did not know much about the law, I don't know that I'm a sinner, but once I discovered the law, the law rather makes me a sinner. So it's the same scripture. The same scripture, Romans chapter, um, Romans chapter 7, 23, 24, 25, down there. It's a whole scripture. But now, Paul, in this case, was talking about when he was not born again. He was in a state when he was not converted. So the battle became very difficult for him. Now, when you continue to read, then he will tell you what happened to him. Then he said, thanks be to God. That is when he became born. Then he overcame. When you are not born again, it's difficult to control and to win in this battle of the mind. It is only when you become born again that you are empowered. So if you are born again, there's no fears. Only if you are willing to be obedient. Now, there's a scripture I want to show you. Uh, look at it. It said, keep thy heart. That heart there is talking about the mind. The mind of the spirit. With all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Keep it. In other words, if somebody said keep it, he's talking about protect it. It had to do with warfare. If somebody said keep your house from being broken into by robbers, it means go and look for gun. And burglar proofs. And buy a big dog. And put a fence, electric fence. If you say you are not going to do that, robbers will invade your home. And they will make away with your valuables. So keep your heart with all diligence. With all diligence. That means it's not everything you think about. Can I tell you my secret? I have a spiritual dustbin. I've told you before. It's not everything that I keep here. If you offend me, or you say something that is, that is supposed to make me bitter. I look at it, would this thing help my spirit? I have so many things in the baller. So you will be there, you think, man, can be there, I know that on that. That is the day I will sleep. Because that thing is not in my mind. I have thrown it away a long, long time before I even left your presence. Once I know the thing will hurt me, I throw it away a long time. I don't feed on negative things. 
I don't want my spirit to be hurt. That's why I'm, I'm always fresh. Receive fresh knowledge from God. Fresh anointing. Because you contaminate my spirit with your bitterness. No. Once the thing that is coming will not help me, I just catch it. Throw it in a bowl. One day the Lord will open the spiritual dustbin. You will see the things that I put there. Plenty. If I didn't put them there, they would have ended up here. Some of you, you are not able to serve God again. Because you've kept so many things. So many things here. What, what somebody said your nose is big. It's here. Somebody said your leg, your small, small, small legs. Your legs are like chicken's legs. It's there. If you say my leg is a chicken leg, it means your eyes is not good. Because sometimes, eh, you can have a bad mirror. That can, you, I'm, I'm not sure I said that out of my brain. You look at it, your head, I'm like that. Does it mean your head is like that? It's a mirror that is not good. So if you have a problem about me, it is your, the problem is your eyes. I am wonderfully and fearfully made. The word of God is the mirror. That's what I look at. Not what you are telling me. What you are, your heart, your, I'm not going to have bitterness because of your bad eyes. Now, people kill themselves because somebody swears something about them. They kill themselves. Can you imagine your whole destiny, you throw it away to the dustbin? Because of somebody who has bad eyes. Amen. So keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Amen. Okay. Um, I hope you've understood it. Okay. Is there any more question? Okay. Now give me Romans chapter 8 verse 5. Let's look at how the principle of transformation what you feed on is what you become for they that are after the flesh what do they do they mind the things of the flesh so if you want to become a carnal believer think about carnal things and they that are after the spirit they mind the things of the spirit you want to become spiritual think about spiritual matters simple you don't be thinking about carnal things and become spiritual that's why me it's not every film i watch even radio it's not everything i listen to but then they'll be telling you about some diseases put it off can you, you cannot enjoy my spirit Enjoy my spirit, no. Anything that will enjoy my spirit, no, I throw it away. I want my spirit to be fresh. Ready for war. Amen. Some of you, you are more than that has been. So many things. Something that somebody told you three years ago is still, is still there stinking, still there. You've kept it. It has developed worms. It's still there. So many baller things. 
piece of bread that some you th is there, uh, half uh, fried rice that you couldn't finish eating is there. Five years ago, is there. The Holy Ghost is a gentleman. He's a dignified personality. He lives in my heart. I make his room clean. Amen. Okay. Now, last final question. Do we have any question? Final question? Okay. So, Pastor Tony will be the final per person to ask. Uh, Daddy, please. Uh, you were talking about three controlling factors. Okay. And you mentioned two, but you did not mention the last one. You mentioned what we say, what we think, but with the last one. Oh, okay. What you say, okay, can make a big difference in the climate, climate, uh, climax of your life. What you say. Then, what you think. Okay, then the final one, why should I escape me? Next week when I come. Just escape me right now. Amen. But there are three controlling factors in life. Maybe before I even drop the microphone, I'll tell you. Amen. So keep what you think, what you say. I've taught this principle before, many years ago. And then the final one, I'll tell you before I leave. Amen. No, don't worry. I'll tell you. Amen. Praise God. Because you must get it right. These things I'm teaching you are not in any book. So, you must get it right. Fresh. Okay? Yes. You must get it right. You can't find it in any book. So, get it right. The things I teach you are things from my spirit that I downloaded for you. I don't teach things that I read from books. So, doesn't mean I don't read books. When I read books, I read for myself. But I teach what I receive from the Lord for you. Amen. Be on your feet.